Hey, good morning, everybody. I am excited uh, for today. Uh, if we haven't had the chance to meet, uh, I'm Logan. I'm a pastor here at Refuge, and today I get the honor to continue in our Summer in the Psalms series. This week, uh, we are in chapter, uh, week four uh, of Summer in the Psalms. We're going to be looking at chapter 30, and each week we've looked at a different psalm throughout the book of Psalms. We started off with Psalm 23, probably the most well-known psalm there is. Talked about God as our good Shepherd, then we hit up Psalm 37, just talking about trusting and delighting in God, not worrying about the wicked things that are happening around us. And last week, uh, we hopped into Psalm 10. It's a psalm of lament. We just explored how God is okay with your questions, and he wants you to come to him with whatever is going on, and he will use those, those dark nights of the soul to, to transform you. He will. He'll use those hard, those trying times. And so uh, before we hop into our new staff today, I'd, if you've missed any one of those, I'd encourage you to catch those uh, on our podcast. You can catch those. So uh, in fact, you can subscribe to our podcast. It'll be really easy. If you text the word pod to 405-777-4637, and what that'll do is it'll send you the podcast page where not only can you do it on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever your preferred has like Samsung TVs, right? it's got all these options there. Right? It'll send you the link wherever you want to catch that. Uh, it'll be there. It's a great way to catch up uh, if you've missed a week. And today we're going to be in Psalm 30. And since Psalm 30 is a little bit of a smaller psalm, I've actually invited Chris Cunningham. Uh, and he's going to come up and read our 12 verses uh, through this whole chapter. Uh, so we're going to read through it once together. And then what we're going to do after that is uh, just kind of go through little bite-sized chunks and go with those together. You can use this one right here, Chris. Let's give it up for Chris. Sort of feel like the kid in class that gets called on when he's not paying attention. I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescue me. You refuse to let my enemies triumph over me. O oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, O Lord. You kept me from falling into a pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but the joy comes with the morning. When I was, prop when I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me now. Your favor, O Lord made me secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me and I was shattered. I cried out to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy saying, what will I gain? What will you gain if I die? If I sink into the grave, can my dust praise you? Can it tell of your faithfulness? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. You have turned my mourning into joyful dance. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. That I might sing the praises to you and I shall not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Let's get it for Thank Chris. Thank you, bud. This psalm right here is a psalm of uh, rejoicing. Uh, it's a psalm of victory. And so last week we talked about, uh, talked about grief. 
talked about uh, the dark nights of the soul. And this week, uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be dancing into Scripture uh, that is on the other side of the emotional spectrum. Uh, it's important that we hit both of those because they both are important. There is a time to weep. There is a time to lament. And there is also a time to dance and a time to laugh. And so today, it's dancing time. You guys didn't seem too excited about that, okay? Hey, uh, it's dance time. Get on your dance shoes. Let's get ready. Psalm 30 is another psalm that is written by David. And so this one actually gives us a little bit of context about why David had, had wrote this particular psalm. Uh, it says this is for the dedication of the temple, the dedication of the house. But it's, uh, most people agree it's talking about the temple that's going to be built. And here's what's interesting is David didn't build the temple, he did gather the supplies and get everything ready for the temple. Uh, and so uh, I thought this was kind of crazy. In First Chronicles 22, it gives us some information about how much David had, like, got like, his stockpile of supplies ready to go to build the temple. Check this out. I have worked hard to provide materials for building the temple of the Lord. Nearly 4,000 tons of gold, 40,000 tons of silver, and so much iron and bronze that it cannot be weighed. I have also gathered timber and stone for the walls, though you may need to add more. I have a large, you have a large number of skilled stonemasons and carpenters and craftsmen of every kind. You have expert goldsmiths, silversmiths, workers of bronze and iron. Now begin the work, and may the Lord be with you. That's David telling his son Solomon, here's what I got ready for you. Go do it. Uh, I did uh, some quick math on the precious metals there. That's 8 million pounds of gold. Uh, found that out. I was like, how much is gold going for right now per pound? And it's like, actually, we go by the ounce. And I was like, this is insane. $1,200 an ounce, 800, 8 million pounds of gold. I don't know the math on that. Uh, I got too many. I did had too many zeros, and I was like, I can't count that. I need somebody to tell me. Uh, so it's a big number, billions of dollars. Then 80 million pounds of silver. Silver's going for around $600 an ounce. Uh, we're talking about billions of dollars in material that David has amassed. And that's that's really just in the gold, and the silver. And he's prepared this for the temple, but the temple is going to be, by, be built by Solomon. It's going to be built by David's son. And so what's not clear here is if, if this is like, hey, I've got this dedication that whenever you guys open this up, I want you to use, or if he's saying, hey, I know the area, and I'm dedicating this area where it's going to be built. Uh, but either way, David is rejoicing in something that hasn't happened yet. He is excited about the things he believes are to come. And it's not because of his doing that he's excited. He's excited because this is what God is doing, and this is how God is going to show up. This is the dedication that David wants for a place where the people of God will gather to worship God. And so as we read through this again, uh, we're going to walk through it, and these are the things he wants us to remember when we're in the God Lord's house. These are the things he's saying, look at how God has been faithful to me here. Let's remember that when we gather. Starting in verse 1, I will exalt you, Lord. You rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. So David, he's, he's looking back, and he's rejoicing at how God has come through for him. Like, God has come through. He says, he has rescued me from my enemies. All right, God literally, all right, this is the same David and Goliath. God literally rescued David from a giant, all right? And before David even goes to fight Goliath, here's what he says. 
Uh, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bears will rescue me from this Philistine. So when he's saying here in Psalms, saying, remember how God, you provided for me against that enemy, that giant. And when he goes and he's actually getting ready to fight this giant, he's saying, God, I remember when you took care of the lion. I was just a shepherd boy and there was this lion and you took care of me. And I remember there was this bear and you took care of me. Every time he's saying, you are going to take care of my enemies, God. And every time I have a new enemy in front of me, I'm going to look back and see how you've already provided. So David is saying here, the one who saved me from the lion and the bear, he's going to save me from Goliath. And I just want you to know that God can rescue you from whatever enemy you're facing. Whatever enemy is in front of you, God can rescue you from it. God has rescued David from his enemies. He goes on and says he has restored his health. At one point, David was sick and God restored him. He says he kept him from death. And when David looks back at all that God has done for him, he can't help but praise God. And he wants the temple to be a place where people remember how God has brought them through the tough times. Because our God isn't just the God of the mountaintop, he's the God of the valley too. And when you go through those valleys in life, that term from last week, those dark nights of the soul, when you go through those moments and you get to the peak, you get through them, you look back, Every time you can look back and see how God provided a way for those moments that, you know what, in that moment you couldn't see, but looking back, you can. And it's the valleys that make the peaks so sweet. It's the story of God making his way into your life. It's those, those hard times that make the, the great times that much better. Um, I, th I think about uh, it kind of like, uh, have you ever seen a movie that has like no plot? If there's no, like, drama, if there's no tension and everything's just good, you know what that is? A really boring movie. You guys are like, what is going on here? You don't get the, you don't get the emotions without those moments of ups and downs. And so uh, God uses those trying moments to move us. And so when you're at the peak and even in the valley, uh, what should we do? And I love it when you guys are asking these questions that are right in my notes. Here's what he says right here in Psalms verse 30, verse 4. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name, for his anger only lasts a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. All right, sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. When was the last time you belted it out and gave everything you had to God? You sang with all you had. When was the last time you did that? If, I, if you were to take Sundays out of the equation, when was the last time you had a worship session with Jesus? I think for some of us, we should go a little longer than we should. For me, this is in my car. Driving around, I'm usually listening to worship music or a podcast. Short trips, all right, in the city, maybe some sports radio, all right. Uh, that's, my, that's my advice there. But, hey, uh, can I tell you guys an embarrassing moment I had? And this is like the statute of limitations. This was in high school, so I feel like I can say this without you guys judging me too much. Uh, I had a two-tone GMC Sierra pewter on the top, wide on the bottom, first truck. Love that thing. Um, and anyways, there was one night we were leaving uh, the Yukon Mustang football game. It was in Mustang. And so there's that little side street that comes out of the Mustang Road from the football field. And there was traffic because it was... Uh, you know, everybody was there, and it took about 10 minutes to get from that side street all the way up to that light at 152 in Mustang. It's dark outside. I'm driving alone. My music is playing through my iPod, because that was like a top-of-the-line stereo then. I had an iPod. And all of a sudden, my jam comes on. 
It's called, I don't want to, I remember exactly the song. I can remember this very vividly. Stuck with me. Embarrassing moment. I don't want to know by newfound glory. That sounds like a Christian band. It's not. It's this super emo rock band, okay? It's very nasally singing. So my jam comes on. I did what any 16-year-old would do in that situation. Turn that sucker up to 11 and start jamming out in the truck, right? I am in my own little world. I'm just watching traffic slowly moving forward, uh, and I get almost all the way to the line. So, I mean, I've gotten after it. Like, if you were around me, you could hear me. And and I'm just belting it, and I'm like, you know, I, I feel like I hear something over here. And I look over here, and I see this car full of seniors, almost sophomore, right? I see this car full of seniors who are just staring and laughing at me. Because I am belting out this super emo, uh, crazy song. Uh, And yeah, that was an embarrassing moment for me. So, you know, you make that eye contact. Uh, This isn't awkward at all. You know, you go from like just giving it everything you had to like, oh, I'm really worried about what these people think. Uh, I didn't want anybody to hear me or see me. I'm embarrassed about the way I sounded, about what I was doing. And I think a lot of us feel that the same way in worship. Right? Uh, don't ever be embarrassed to worship King Jesus. Don't ever. Lift your hands up, jump up and down, close your eyes, sing loud, off key, who cares? I was singing right there, all right? It was super off key. I don't have that beautiful singing voice. I can't do it. But I was given everything I got. Worship however. I don't care what it is because the worship isn't about the people in this room. It's about the one you're praising. And so we need to sing to the Lord and praise his holy name. And why uh, should we praise him? David gives a list here. Uh, He goes, his anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Though weeping may last through the night, his joy comes every morning. And so he's he's given us uh, kind of a comparison here. When you compare the discipline of God Uh, compared to the eternal favor of God, it is insignificant the amount of correction or instruction that God gives us versus the favor that he gives us. God is a good father. He's gonna discipline his children and he disciplines his children the same reason we discipline our children. We love them. We are trying to get them better. We're trying to get them on the right path, going down the right road. Hebrews 12, six says this, for the Lord disciplines those he loves. He punishes each one He accepts as his child. No good parent ever disciplines a child to be mean. The only reason I discipline my children, to help them. That's the only reason, right? Like, our our daughter was really wanting Kelsey to hold her uh, a couple days ago. Problem. Kelsey is like browning sausage meat, and it's like greasy and popping. You know what? I'm going to grab her and let her be upset that I'm holding her and keeping her from the kitchen because guess what? If she comes over there and wants to be held mama, she's going to get this hot grease popping up on her. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to keep her away from her mom. I want her to be safe, though. I want her to help her. And so when David is talking about God's anger, he's talking about God's discipline. His discipline may last for a moment, but his favor or his blessings, guess what? They last a lifetime. And actually, his blessings, they last an eternity. They will ring out forever. Let's keep going. Verse 6 says, when I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me now. Nothing can stop me now. Your favor, O Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me. 
and I was shattered. I cried out to you, O Lord, I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, what will you gain if I die? If I sink into the grave, can my dust praise you? Can it tell of your faithfulness? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me. Verse 6, it says, when I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me. Your favor made me as secure as a mountain. This actually reminds me of another verse. It's Romans 8.31. It says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? The favor of God, the blessing of God, those cannot be held back. If God has his hand on something, nothing can stop it. Nothing. Your favor, O oh Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me, and I was shattered. It's kind of a quick pivot there. I'm never moving. I'm secure as a mountain. Then what happens? God turns. says, I was shattered. There's an implied sin here that David had, had stumbled, and that's why God is turning away his blessing from him because God can't bless things that aren't done his way. Some scholars think that this is actually David referring to when he had numbered his people. He, he fell into the trap of trusting the numbers of his army rather than trusting in the Lord. And I think it's funny how David starts out with, nothing can stop me. And then quickly goes, God, I need your mercy. It's not working out. I think there's something there for us. The, big, the biggest obstacle of walking in the blessings of the Lord for each and every one of us, uh, it's not outside of you, it's, it's you. The biggest obstacle to walking in the blessings of God is, is you. It, it happens at the top too. Everything was going well for David. So he had this census, if you will. Uh, and there's nothing evil about the census. I've heard people take this and say, we should never count people, all right? It's, that's not what he's saying here. Uh, God specifically said, David, don't go count your people because you're gonna count in those numbers instead of trusting in me. God specifically said, don't do this. David's like, you know what? I need to have this census so that I can say I have X number of warriors. I have X number of chariots. Look at what I have amassed. He's at this peak. He's at this top. And it reminds me of, uh, all right, it reminds me of Batman, Christian Bale Batman, The Dark Knight Rises, like the best Batman ever, super good. Uh, but there's this fight in the very beginning where Bane is fighting Batman, like in these tunnels, uh, and Bane says this line, and I, it's just, again, one of those things just stuck with me. He says, peace has cost you your strength. Victory has defeated you. Victory has defeated you. When, when things are going your way, when you think you're too good to fail, too strong to stumble, you're above it. I would never fill in the blank. Uh, if you're saying those things on the mountaintop, Victory has indeed defeated you. I would never, I could never. Given the right situation, I believe that, I'm gonna talk about myself first. Given the right situation, I believe that I am capable of doing anything. We all are. I have this uh, pin that I keep on my desk. Uh, and it's a pin that I found while I was at, I was at Bible college. And uh, it barely even writes anymore. I really don't even use it for that. But uh, it has this church's name, church's pastor's name, because that's kind of, that's really common for some older churches to have that name, pastor's name. And then the pastor's tagline, 
your Christ-centered ministry. I was like, yeah, it's good. Services at this time. And I keep that pin as a reminder that I am capable of doing anything given the right situation. Church, pastor's name, Christ-centered ministry. That pastor uh, was actually picked up by a male police officer who attended his church. Uh, That officer was undercover as a prostitute. It was a sting. Your Christ-centered ministry. It can happen to any of us. Maybe not that specific situation, but whatever you think you're above, we can't ever think that because we'll get humbled real fast. Given the right situation, any of us are capable of doing anything. And pride comes before the fall. Don't think that you're above it. Because as soon as you think that, that's when the attacks start. When God is blessing and you're on top of the world, don't forget who it was that got you there. Because we didn't earn that. I've said this before, I'll say it again. Grace isn't opposed to effort, to trying, but grace is opposed to earning. You can't earn grace. That's not grace if you earned it. Don't let the enemy ever trick you into thinking, I deserve this, I earned it. Because that's what happened to David. He was saying, nothing can stop me. And then he said, look at all, nobody can stop me. You see how much I got in this army? Do you see how much resources I have? And so when he did that, God turned from him and things fell apart. David humbled himself. And he seeks God's forgiveness. And God generously gives out forgiveness. He's not stingy with it. And that's why David finishes this psalm with this. Last two verses. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. That I might praise you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. I'll give you thanks forever. Regardless of how you walked in here this morning, this is for everybody. God's not finished with you. He's not. It might feel like this is a night of weeping, but joy comes in the morning. If you remember at the beginning of this, we talked about how David, he wrote this as a dedication for the temple, a temple that wasn't even built yet. When was the last time you were believing that God was going to come through, even when you had no way of seeing how he was going to? You had that confidence in God. Now, this is a term that I heard somebody make up, and I'm stealing it. I love it. Godfidence. Because I don't have confidence in myself. I don't have confidence in the way that I do things. I have confidence in God, that my God is good, and he is going to make a way that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. I will give you thanks forever. Forever. We are to praise God and not be silent. And if I can just be real honest with you, to to not praise God, to be silent, uh, if we're not speaking praises to God, it's because our hearts are not full of praise. Because you can't, you can't, uh, say, oh, I'm just going to be silent. I'm not going to praise God. I mean, I do. I trust him. I just, that's not how I do it. I don't praise him that way. Luke 6, 45 says this. What you say 
flows from what is in your heart. So to not praise God means that our hearts are filled with things of this world, things that will pass away, that will not last. Now, what a sad trade. The things of this world for the glory of an eternal God. Fill your heart, fill your mind with him. Think about him for, for who he is just in and of himself and what he has done for you. And if you can have that moment of reflection, your heart should be overflowing with praise. Actually, so much so that you praise God and you speak about him to others. That's what David is doing in this psalm. That's why he wrote this down, right? Because it wasn't about him. Praise him with all that you have today. Don't be silent. Praise him. Regardless of whether you're on the peak of the mountain or the depths of the valley, you can praise God. Because I know that regardless of where you're at, Jesus died on the cross because he wanted to be with you in heaven. He wants you to be with him. Heaven is a real place, and God created it where we get to be with him in a perfect place. Uh, and we don't deserve that. That is all God's grace. The Bible is actually really clear that we don't just not deserve heaven, we actually deserve hell. And, and heaven is perfect, not an ounce of sin allowed. And because of that, when we sin, we don't go to heaven, we get to go to hell. It seems pretty steep when we just kind of think about it like that. Like, who is making these guidelines? The one who made the rules is actually the one who built heaven. And the one who said, this is the price, the wages of sin is death, guess what? He's also the one who paid the price. He paid the price for me and he paid the price for you. So we are found guilty and not up to the standard of heaven. But Jesus said, I take the punishment that they deserve. So he took the cross that you and I should have had to bear and he did it for us because he loves us. He loves me and he loves you. And I don't know how you walked in here today, but that right there is something you can always praise God for. On the peak or in the valley, my eternity is with him because God, the creator of everything, he loved me so much, he sent his son to die on the cross for me. That's an amazing deal. Would you take a moment, just, just right where you're at, right where you're at, and pray a simple prayer to God. Just praise Him. Doesn't have to be anything big or, or fancy. Just take a moment of inventory and thank God for what He has done for you. Go ahead and do that right where you're at. Just thank God for the blessings you have in your life.